Our Infinitely Loved podcast. I'm Sam. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Koos. We believe that loving yourself is the key to transforming every aspect of your life. And it's our hope that these conversations bring you one step closer towards embracing this truth. Hello and welcome back to another episode of You Are Infinitely Loved. Today we are talking about taking space. And not necessarily like when you tell someone you're dating that you need some space, <laughs> but instead different type of space. <laughs> a different type of space. <laughs> We're talking about creating space for yourself and how this can be a really self-loving thing to do, to really create some space in your life to nurture your body, your mind, your soul, whatever that means to you. And I think it's a really important topic to talk about because we are living in a world that seems to be full of all sorts of information, distraction, overstimulation. People have the busiest and fullest lives, you know, that I've, like, I think as time goes on, we just get busier and busier and we keep packing our days with more and more and more and more. So I think it's really important to talk about creating some space in our lives and why it's good to do that and how we can do that. So we're looking at how creating space is a loving thing to do and how it's a way to take care of your mind, your body. Because like Sam, like you said, when you get so busy, you feel like I have no time for space mm. when mm. in fact that's actually the best time. Like you need to prioritize creating space when you're, you feel like you're the busiest. Exactly. Like when you have the fullest life and when you feel like, there's absolutely no time for me to stop and pause. That's a sign that you need it more than anyone else. It's like people that say they don't have any time to meditate because like they're, they're so stressed and so overwhelmed that they don't have time to meditate. Well, they're the ones that need to meditate more because, right. you yeah. know, that's, that's quite judgmental of you to say, Sam. Wow. <laughs> Busy people. You are if the you... worst at meditating. <laughs> If you have resistance to meditation, then maybe that's a sign you need to meditate. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel about this, Sam. <laughs> but for me, this has been creating space is something that I've been working on consciously for, for about the last 12 to 18 months. And I'm someone that's lucky enough to live a life where I have a lot of freedom and where I don't have a lot of people dependent on me. So I can create a lot of space in my life. Here uh, Sam goes yeah. again, talking about her island life. She lives on an island. It's fabulous. She goes to the ocean every morning. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> but what is really interesting about that is that even though I have the possibility and the opportunity to create more space in my life, and it sounds like a good thing and I want to do it, when I actually do it, it can feel quite uncomfortable because I'm like, what am I doing with this time? Let's segue right into this last weekend, Sam. Mm. I think you know where I'm going with this. <laughs> I know exactly where you're going. <laughs> this last weekend, Sam gave us a warning mm. that she was going to be on a digital detox for 36 hours. Yeah. They were the longest and worst 36 hours of my <laughs> life. I felt alone. I felt isolated. You were just um, locked up in the bathroom crying on the floor. Yes. No, <laughs> just kidding. I really appreciate the heads up. 
And there were many times, uh, well, I ended up texting you because I'm like, well, you know, when she turns her phone back on, she'll, she'll get have some hellos. <laughs> You'll see how desperate we are. <laughs> <laughs> no, but tell us more about what prompted you to take a digital detox mm. and what was that like for you? Yeah. So I guess over the last month, I have been noticing that I've been using my phone in a different way. And, and by that, I mean, I used to be quite good with my phone in that I would use it, you know, like, like a regular person uses a phone to make calls, to answer messages, to look something up on Google maps, if I don't know where I'm going. But in the last month, I'd got really used to using it as, as what I would now call like a numbing behavior or a something to distract me. So I would pick up my phone every time I was doing something I didn't want to be doing. If I was bored, if I was stressed, basically any uncomfortable emotion, I would pick up my phone and mindlessly scroll through Instagram, or I'd check emails that I'd checked like five minutes earlier. I was constantly picking up my phone in every moment where I felt a little like, eh, I'm a bit bored now, or I'm a bit restless, or I'm a bit whatever, whatever the emotion was, I picked up my phone to forget about the way I was feeling and just, you know, distract myself. And I noticed it and I thought, this is not the person that I want to be. I don't want to be this person that is glued to my phone and not using it as a tool, but using it as a numbing device. And I thought, I just need to turn it off. I need to not only turn it off, but turn my laptop off, turn the internet off, just go away and yeah, get out. That really resonated with, with my experience too. Whenever I would travel, mm. like that's at the airport, mm. I would sit down and it's almost like I, I just, I would just pick up my phone and start scrolling. Mm. Um, what's really interesting is with our kids, we would tell, mm. we would always say, it's okay to be bored. Like that's yeah. when your creative juices start f- start flowing. It's when you're bored. Totally. But it is so hard for me sitting at the airport or sitting on the airplane, you know, flying yeah. to just not have my phone scrolling through my phone or playing games on my phone or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And before you couldn't get internet on your phone on the airline, but oh now you can. I know, but I refuse. Like when, when I heard that internet was coming on the plane, I was like, oh my God, don't take the only place in the world where I'm not connected and connect me. So I just pretend that never happened. <laughs> I just am still, if I'm on a flight, I'm like, no, there's no internet up here. Just but, do you, but do you watch movies on the airplane though when you travel internationally? Look, because I'm from Australia and some of most of the flights are like 24 hours, then yeah. <laughs> We'll watch movies. I'll allow myself to watch movies, but um, but I do I do also take a lot of time on long haul flights just to sit there, and it's amazing. Oh, when good you for don't, you! When you don't have anything, you get so many ideas. I always take a notebook with me because I'm like flooded with ideas and inspiration when I'm on a plane, and I think it's because I'm disconnected from all of the stimulus that we usually have, you know, flooding into our life every second of every day. I just talked to a. Uh, uh former coworker of mine earlier today. And she said that she had uh, a flight from San Francisco to Hong Kong or something like that. It was about 14 hours and she spent the whole 14 hours 
watching movies. <laughs> Which was pretty impressive. I have been capable of that in the past. Like, I, I must admit. In my 20s, when I would go on those flights from Sydney to Europe, which are always 24 hours, you know, you have two legs, but in total, you're there for 24 hours. I would be like, how many movies can I watch? And I'd get through like 10. I'd just be back to back. (laughs) You'd watch a year's worth of cinema in one flight. I was never, I never understood where people didn't like long haul flights. I'm like, are you joking? People, you just sit there, watch movies and people bring you food. (laughs) What could be better than that? Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, we have derailed. We, we have derailed. I would like to go back yes. to Don't Avoid It, Sam, mm. the digital detox and how that went for you. How long? Yeah. What did it look like? It was a, a cakewalk and a breeze and you had mm-hmm. mental ease the whole time, right? <laughs> totally. No, not at all. Uh, what was interesting was that when I – decided that I was going to do it. Then I got really excited. I was like, oh yes, this is going to be the most amazing thing ever. And I started thinking like planning out, what am I going to do with all of this free time? How am I going to spend this day? And I thought, who do I need to tell? And I think it's an important thing if you do a digital detox where you're completely uncontactable, it's a good idea to tell the people in your life that might actually worry about you if they suddenly can't get a hold of you. So Anyway, I told, you know, well, I told you guys, of course, <laughs> told my family back home. I told a few people, I sent the text and then I bought an alarm clock, an old fashioned alarm clock that I, you know, I'm so glad I should have had one of those way earlier so that I wasn't using my mobile phone as my alarm. But anyway, now I've learned my lesson. So I bought one of those and I turned it off and I felt like this is so cool. I'm so excited. Like I can't wait for tomorrow because I turned it off on, on a Saturday night. And so I just, that night was easy. I just went to bed and I was like, awesome. And then I woke up with my old school alarm clock and I was like, huh, this is a nice way to wake up. What a novelty that I can't check my phone. I can't check the internet. I went to a cafe and I was like, huh, this is nice. Had breakfast. And there was a friend that I had breakfast with. So initially the first couple of hours were easy because I was just chilling out Um, having conversation, eating good food. And then literally after breakfast, which ended at about 9.30, I was like, okay, what now? And my thoughts went straight to, you're not doing this well enough. You're not making the most of your digital detox. You're not very good at this. Your mind is like, you're here to switch off. And yet all you're doing is, is sitting around doing nothing you should be more productive. Like it was the most strange kind of all of these thoughts came in. And I'm like, those sound oh. very self-loving. I'm glad you're sharing that on our <laughs> exactly. self-love podcast. <laughs> exactly. They were totally, you know, mean thoughts. And I was like, the irony, this day is not about productivity. This day is the opposite. This day is about bringing in rest and relaxation and not being productive. And yet I still thought, I need to make the most of this day. This needs to be the best day of my life. I need to make sure that I tick off all these things on my list of things that I never do because I never have enough time. So I was like, you know, I have to make sure, and this is going to really make people feel awful because again, it's back to my beautiful island life. But I was like, I have to get a massage. I have to get a manicure. I have to get a pedicure. I have to get to all of these like self-care things. I have to. That's annoying. (laughs) But if I wasn't like, doing something when I was just still in the space all of my thoughts were like you're not doing this right 
you're not this isn't meaningful enough you're not making the most of this and the other thing I noticed was I don't think I was quite aware of how much I am have been plugging every moment of stillness with some form of stimulation and learning for me I'm a huge fan of podcasts and and also music and like audiobooks and so if I'm going on a beach walk or if I'm riding my bike from you know a cafe to the next place that I'm going again hard life I know I am constantly listening to stuff on my phone mm-hmm. always there's not a moment where I just have silence or you know background noise and it felt really strange to not have anything Mm-hmm. to not be able to listen to a podcast, to not listen to an audiobook, to not have music, to not have any input, just ambient sounds and and silence. Mm-hmm. And I was aware of how loud my thoughts were mm-hmm. when I was in complete silence and didn't have any devices that I could distract myself with. And what were your thoughts popping up to the surface? Were they loving, kind, what was going on? Yeah, so initially, no. So the first the first half of the day was spent thinking, as I said, you know, you're not doing this right, you're not being productive enough. And then I would be reading and I took old, like, books, old-fashioned books because I didn't want to take my Kindle because I thought Kindle is still... Where did you still... buy those? Where did you even... <laughs> what did they... Huh, interesting. What, the black, do they the still exist? <laughs> I didn't want a Kindle. I didn't want a screen. And technically I could have accessed the internet on my Kindle. So I was like, stay away from that. Um, So I was reading. And then the more I would read, I'd be like, maybe I'm reading too much. Maybe I'm not supposed to be doing anything. It was like just this constant, am I doing this right? Which is hilarious because there's no rules. And I was the one that wanted to create this space because I felt like my life had been not only... So there were two aspects to it, I guess. Not only was it about trying to change my relationship with my phone and not use it as a distracting, numbing device, but also I had had a really busy month with work and also just emotionally with a lot of change going on, a lot of transition in my business and in my life and, and things had felt really full and I was beginning to feel overwhelmed. So I was like, I really need some space. I need to disconnect from it all. And so that was, I guess, you know, a big part of the reason why I did it. And then, yeah, to be, to spend the first half of that digital detox worrying about whether I was doing it right or wrong, just Mm -hmm. like even now talking about it seems ridiculous, but then it shifted. And when I could realize, because I was hyper aware of the irony of all of these thoughts the whole time I was like analyzing it going this is a ridiculous thought <laughs> and then I was like don't beat yourself up for your thought <laughs> and oh so gosh. you don't want to be inside my head but when I got to the place of just accept whatever thought comes up and there is no right or wrong way of doing this and just notice just be with the stillness and be with the thoughts and when I just allowed it to be how it was then I started getting amazing like creative thoughts, ideas about what I wanted to do in my business, a book that I wanted to write, all of these kind of positive thoughts came into my mind. And then then I was like, oh my gosh, I need an old school notebook, piece of paper and a pen to write this stuff down because I was just 
it was amazing how once I had the space and just relaxed into it, then the thoughts started becoming really like inspiring and positive and, and I really enjoyed mm-hmm. the last half of the digital detox. But the first half was like a minefield. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. This brings up a story for me of when I was a stay-at-home mom for a few years mm. and my kids are really close in age. And so I had like three years of straight babyhood Mm. and breastfeeding and babies like on me all the time and Mm. a few years in I started to hire a babysitter for like Friday afternoons Mm. and I was so excited to get time off and to be by myself and have no one touching me or needing me and the first Friday afternoon I took off um I was expecting to feel exuberant joyful (laughs) I had my own time for a couple hours. I could do anything I want. And I just sat in the car being like, I don't know what to do. I know I need to spend this time. It needs to be powerful and amazing and restful and adventurous and exciting and all these things. It needs to be these things. Yeah, the best day of my life. It has to be the best two hours of my entire life. Um, And I just was so stressed out the first Friday afternoon. I just thought like, I have all this time off two hours, three hours, however long it was. And I, I think I went grocery shopping. I was like, I don't even know what to do with myself. <laughs> yeah. um, and then you felt stressed out about and it. And I felt stressed out because like, I'm wasting my time grocery spend, shopping. Yeah. Spend <laughs> yeah. Time and so that. I think like even noticing that there are reasons why we don't take space. Mm. And a lot of it is that I don't have time. I'm too yeah. busy. I'm too whatever. But the reality is, is that when we get the time, we don't know what to do with it. And it's Mm. scary and it's Mm. intimidating. It can be overwhelming. And so why Mm. in the world then would we make effort to, to create the space that we need? Yeah, that is so true. It is much easier to just go along and do all of these things on your to-do list without even stopping to think, are all of these things necessary? Would Mm -hmm. I benefit from taking some of these things off the list from giving myself a little more rest? Do I really have to do all these things? It's much easier to just go through life ticking items off a list and feeling productive. And I think even what you brought up with how the first half of your digital detox was kind of this um, almost critical voice about Mm. doing it wrong and Mm. how physically, I mean, like emotionally, mentally active you have to be to battle that, to say, nope, I'm allowed to have these thoughts. I'm just going to let them, you know, I'm going to notice my thoughts and not judge them. Like Mm. that takes a lot of muscle to do. Mm. and so good on you Um, you. (laughs) but also to notice that you are literally a self-love coach and that Mm. this was really challenging for you it was super challenging and Mm -hmm. to the point earlier when when I was saying people that resist meditation I think this is a big part of that is when people slow down and pause and are alone with their thoughts they're really loud and Sometimes the thoughts we hear aren't thoughts that we want to hear. Mm -hmm. And so for me, whilst I wasn't meditating, it was, it was a similar equivalent because when you're going through your day and you're doing stuff and you have these devices and you're checking the internet and you're, you know, listening to podcasts, doing whatever you do with your phone and, and you're filling your day with all of these things, you don't have time to think about anything other than the task at hand and what it is that you're doing. Mm -hmm. When you take all of that away, You are literally faced with you and your thoughts and sometimes 
that can be really frightening because your thoughts aren't always, you know, (laughs) this is amazing. I'm so happy. Like my life is wonderful. Sometimes your thoughts are, what are you doing with your life? Is this really where you want to be? What like <laughs> and that uh, reflection from personal experience, <laughs> or did you read about this in a book? Wink. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, it's like you have those moments to actually reflect, and that can be really confronting. Mm-hmm. I think there's also this notion or cultural expectation that you always have to be busy. That when you're not busy. Mm-hmm. something is wrong like you're not doing life well mm-hmm. and i've experienced that i used to thrive on being busy because that meant that i was important people wanted mm-hmm. to have meetings with me all the time mm-hmm. and just just right now if you think about if someone were to say oh how's your day today and you said oh it was really easy i didn't really have a whole lot of things to do today People would be like, like, F you. What? What are you doing with your life? Like, are you okay? Is something wrong? Right. Right. Absolutely. It it almost seems like being busy is an attractive thing. Yeah. And I don't think it should be. (laughs) We revolt. Totally. So, like, it's not really similar to your digital detox, but I have found some pockets during my days where. I'm not on a screen. For example, shower. You know, people talk about shower thoughts. Sometimes yeah. you just you're literally not thinking anything. Yeah. And and your brain just kicks into a different gear and something creative comes up and you and you're like, wait, what? That's totally. interesting. Right? Or for me, you know, I these days, whenever I feel like things are getting so busy, I would intentionally block off an hour on my calendar to say, I'm busy, do not schedule. And I would mm. go on a walk and mm. enjoy the nature. And, mm. you know, at our episode where we talked with Jeffrey about tracking wander, just trying to see wander in the nature. Mm. And I felt like, you know, my mind was rested and mm. all the creative ideas start flowing through. Yeah. And it was just, you know, a really awesome practice. That is a great example of creating space. And for me, to your shower example, this is how crazy I've become. I now listen to podcasts in the shower. Oh, my oh gosh. Sam, what have you what done? Am I doing? What a monster are you? Don't tell every our listeners. Second I'm learning people every second. You know, I think, you know, the therapist in me, of course, wants to push a little deeper into why are we avoiding taking space? Beyond the idea of being busy is valuable, seen as like social competence. Mm. Um, are we afraid of the voices that pop up when when we don't have constant noise? You know, yeah. um, if we have a really self-critical voice, do you mm-hmm. think we want to be left alone in a room with that voice? Right, totally. <laughs> you know, absolutely not. Yeah, so I think that it's kind of like what comes first chicken or the egg does creating space come first to where you might be left alone with that critical gnarly voice or does practicing self-love come first, having a really kind inner voice, um, becoming your own best friend, saying things you would only say to a friend when you talk to Mm -hmm. about yourself or to yourself. 
um, can these go hand in hand? Can we learn how to have space to be with ourselves and also at the same time, allow that loving voice to, to take hold? I think that's a really interesting point. Um, I don't think there'll ever come a time when our, our self-critical voice is going to go away. It's mm-hmm. always going to be there. And yeah. uh, like you're saying, Lindsay, maybe it is uncomfortable. You know, like imagine being in a room with someone who always says ne- only negative things about yourself. You would run away from them. Uh, <laughs> if you're a healthy person, you will run away from them. Right. Um, <laughs> Those but, of us who have codependency past might be really attracted <laughs> to that. I don't know. Speaking... Not from experience, of course. What do you mean? What is codependency? <laughs> but, if, but if you go into it with a, an open mind and to mm. just notice how much self-negative talk is you're doing to mm. yourself, yeah, acknowledging it and then just practice on a daily basis on how to counter that voice with self-loving talk. Yeah. For me it almost feels natural now that whenever something negative comes up for me to reframe things or mm. one of the things we've discussed is using the counter evidence tool yeah. to say, no, that it's not true, you know, and I don't know, like that's just been my experience. And I think yeah. even when you think about meditation, no one says, wakes up one morning and says, Hey, I've never meditated today. I'm going to go on a 24 hour long meditation retreat and I'm going to kill it. Like, yeah. <laughs> absolutely not. You know, everyone says start off meditation with two minutes, with five minutes, yeah. because mm. it really is this weak muscle that if we haven't practiced, we are going to be terrible at it. It is going to be mental strain to learn how to meditate mm. and to oh, know totally- that, right? To know that up front, to be like, if you try meditation, you try a 20 minute meditation, and the whole time your mind is just going bananas. That's Mm. normal. That's to be expected. That's a really weak muscle that has not been worked out yet. Mm -hmm. And so again, maybe a 36 hour digital detox isn't like a great entry point, Sam. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, 36 hours isn't, (laughs) but yeah. Speak for yourself. I I tell you, it gave me a, it gave me respect for one of the things that I've been wanting I've been thinking about doing for the last few years but never have which is interesting why i resist it is a 10-day vipassana um retreat which is the 10 days of silence and i'm so glad i haven't done one yet because <laughs> after 36 hours and mind you that was not silent i still had people in my life <laughs> that live on this island that i could talk to um and so and that felt really difficult the amount of thoughts that came up and I think oh my goodness imagine imagine what 10 days of that would be like with complete silence so it's still something that I'm gonna try one day but I think I need a little bit more practice before I launch myself into that (laughs) Sam please don't do it I'd miss you too much I'm not there yet you can do it with her has anyone mentioned codependency go to the retreat with her But one of the things <laughs> one of the things that I think is interesting that came out of this was noticing how my thoughts were self-critical initially, even though, you know, I do so much work on self-love, but then mm-hmm. recognizing them, hearing them, 
you know, pr- approaching myself with kindness and accepting them and how it shifted and how the rest of the detox went really well. But one of the things that stood out for me was I think this needs to be a regular practice for me because when it was this one 36 hours, that's I was putting so much pressure on it for it to, like you were saying, Lindsay, be the most meaningful day of my life. And and that's way too much pressure and it's just not – I also don't want it to be a thing like, you know, when I'm feeling completely overwhelmed and at the end of everything, at, at like end of myself where I feel like, oh, God, you know, I've reached my limit, then I'm going to take some space. Right. That, the whole point is can we take space regularly so that we don't get to the point of burnout and overwhelm and, you know, just frustration like that. So I'm going to try – <laughs> to make it you know a weekly practice maybe not 36 hours but at least at least 12 hours every week minimum mm-hmm. and where I can do 36 I'll do 36 but I need yeah I really feel like if it were a more regular practice not only would I get better at it but it would mean that that space is there so that I don't reach full capacity that I can't mm-hmm. bear anymore I think that I'm going to do a digital detox tonight for eight hours. <laughs> Does I not think, count I when think, you're sleeping. It will be very successful. <laughs> Joking aside, I think that's really inspirational as you are sharing your story. I was thinking about ways that I can test it out, at, at least mm. for an experiment to see like, okay, you know, if for one weekend I don't look at my phone, mm. how many messages would I miss? What mm. kind of news would I mm. miss or even care about? Mm. Um, just use that, uh, use that as a data point. Yeah, you know what? The world didn't implode in that 36 hours. <laughs> that you know of, Sam. <laughs> that I know of. I mean, it was touch and go there. My sister had a baby due, so overdue. So I was like, oh, my goodness. If I miss the birth of her first child, that could be a little bit, you know, offensive. But she didn't give birth. It was fine. <laughs> So what other ways do you think we can take space um, aside from doing digital detox? What are Mm. some other examples? Yeah. Well, I think the example you gave of of going for a walk is a great one. But I think for me, when I think about creating space, I really think that a big part of creating space is having boundaries because – you in order to be able to create space you have to take some things off your plate you have to say no to things that don't serve you so I think initially the way that you create space is is by really when somebody is inviting you to an event or asking you to stay back at the office late to do something or whatever might be the request of your time is to think about it and think you know can I how can I set a boundary here so that I do have some space in my life and I'm not just saying yes to every single thing that that people, you know, suggest to me because this is very tempting to just say, yes, 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 I'll do it, I'll do this. <laughs> well, I mean, I remember, Lindsay, you taking on the art project at school <laughs> and talk about filling space Jeez. that you may have otherwise had with, <laughs> with, a, yes. with an art project. But so I think... A practical thing is how do you set effective boundaries so that you are creating some space in your life? And then I think what are the other ways that you create space? It's, I think it's about going, where do you feel 
a sense of peace, a sense of calm, a sense of spaciousness, a sense of openness. And for a lot of people, that will be nature. For me, you know, I'm going to say it's the ocean. For some people, it might be a church. For some people, it might be a particular room in their house. And I think I think it's really important to spend some time in places that give you that feeling of mm-hmm. of spaciousness and of openness. And, yeah, for me, I would be looking at what stirs those feelings within me and how can I be do more of that or be in that presence more. You know what is so interesting is we've talked about this before, but coming back to this idea of figuring out what makes you feel good, feel mm. joy, feel peace, mm. and mm. do more of that. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's so <laughs> obvious. It's such low-hanging fruit. But this yeah. idea of um, we're going to feel, we're going to create space when it's something that we love doing. Mm. You know, and that it becomes a, a habit to slow down and take space when we start to realize it's enjoyable and it's important and it's effective mm. at resetting our boundaries. Um, I so- think a great example of this is your your latest art project, Lindsay. Well, thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because you've created, surely you have had to create space in order to give yourself the time to create daily art. Yeah, so I have recognized that making art, painting for me, brings me the most joy. I feel connected to myself. It feels like my favorite thing. I'm thinking about doing it all the time. I want to do it all the time. And Mm. I noticed that I will do anything and everything to avoid it, which Mm. makes zero sense because it makes me feel good. And sometimes maybe it's like around um, that idea of I need to be busy and doing productive things and creating art isn't productive. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, in a way it is, right? It produces feelings of satisfaction and joy for me, but not in the traditional sense of productivity. And Mm. so I can feel guilty around taking space to make art. Um, Yeah. You know, so like today I was texting with a friend. um, Hello, Carrie, if you're out there. (laughs) Uh, about how I showed her what I was painting and I said my house looks like a bomb went off on it I need to go to the grocery store and I'm not sure where my kids last bathed but I made some art today (laughs) and so we were kind of laughing about that about how um yep I I got my priorities straight today and for other people it might not look like it um child protective services no need to stop by it's fine we're good um you know, but to notice that I, we joked about it because we, we feel guilty about it sometimes. We feel mm. as moms, as working moms, it feels like um, there's a million other things I should be doing, Ugh. quote unquote, right? Yes. Um, and I'm going to get to that. I'm going to get the groceries. The kids are going to mm. be fine. They're going to bathe eventually. It's fine. Um, mm. But so I, I joined this 100-day project, hashtag the 100-day project. <laughs> And basically I'm committing myself to making a piece of art every day and posting it online. And where, Lindsay? <laughs> on Instagram at Lindsay Bong. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's been this beautiful thing for me that I've had to be intentional about what do I need to cut back on? 
And you know mm. what's been my obvious giveaway is screen time. Get off my mm. phone. I'm yeah. spending hours scrolling and do the thing that brings you life. And again, yes. this sounds obvious and basic, but I had to like mm. sign up for a hundred day, almost like, almost like art rehab <laughs> Yeah. Um, to <laughs> do the thing that I love to do, right? Like how yeah. crazy is that? Because um, this is the thing we've been taught that doing things for ourselves is self-indulgent, which right. has a negative connotation. And even the terminology that we use when we talk about guilty pleasure right? and that pleasure and joy, we should feel a sense of guilt about. Totally, totally. Mm-hmm. And so I think so, that that comes such full circle to this place of if we want to be self-loving, we have to own these spaces and take mm. control and power and notice that I choose every day how I'm going to spend my time. I'm choosing how I'm spending my time. And yeah. do we all have to have jobs and go to work? Absolutely. But we also have to own that we have some free time and we can say, I'm too busy for that. I'm just too busy. That means we need to do some prioritizing and some figuring out of if you're too busy to take care of yourself and do the thing that brings you pleasure, what are we on earth for? You know, what, yeah, what is the point of it all? The point of it all. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I do want to notice that I have a lot of privilege here. You know, um, I only have to work one job to stay afloat in my family and my kids are older. I don't have babies that I'm having to, you know, breastfeed or change diapers So I acknowledge that this is a privilege, but I think a lot of us have a lot more privilege than we think we do. Yeah. And I think when we have that privilege, then we kind of owe it to those that don't have the same amount of freedom as we do to use that time in a way that, you know, that is self-loving and that is kind. Mm -hmm. And I think the benefit is, I mean, in and of itself, loving myself and doing my thing is enough. But the additional benefit is that I am a much nicer human being when I get to fill my own love cup up with what is life-giving to me. Let me tell you how much better of a mom I am. Let me tell you. And let me tell you, just to like, you know, give you a plug here. Your art is life-benefiting to many because I get so much joy out of the messages and the art that you share. So it's not only great for you and and for you to be you know the best mom that you can be because you're feeling so joyful but it's actually art that gives so much beauty and meaning to so many people so it's such a gift beyond just your own you know joy that you get from it thank you sam i will accept that (laughs) (laughs) what else what else keep going and as her partner (laughs) i do concur that it is day and night um, mm. on the days where she's done her art. She's yeah. created space to do her art and when she did it. <laughs> what are you trying to say, Kuz? <laughs> it's a great thing to create space. This makes sense why you've been very uh, supportive. <laughs> and, you know, anytime you want me out of the house, I'd be happy to be out of the house oh my gosh yeah so i well, think I the think, question no. to leave our listeners with oh sorry what well, do you... i i just want to touch on 
Um, I have actually in this project asked Coos to leave the house. I'm like, I need the house to myself. <laughs> I need space. Can True story. You? And so to notice, like, wow. Um, wow. In the past, I probably would have felt bad. I'm like, that's ah, fine. It's fine. But to notice that, like, I need some alone time to do this thing. And I'm going to ask my partner for what I need. And so that's a really self-loving thing that kind of feels like, um, you know, kind of a jerk move. But my partner's supportive. He knows that I'm a better human. How have you responded, Coos? (laughs) No! (laughs) Is art more important than me? (laughs) You don't want that answer. No, of course not. Um, But, you know, I think that we have, but just like you on your digital detox told your people, Hey, I'm going offline. You mm. had to ask for the space that you needed and mm. everyone responded with warmth and love, except for me. Maybe yeah. I was a little better, <laughs> but you know, in all seriousness, of course, of course, people respond with like, you do what you need to do to take care of yourself. And we mm. respect you and love you more for it. And yeah. it's like me asking for a space from Coos being like, Hey, I need some alone time to do this. He didn't, he was, of course, like, of course, whatever you need, I support this. I'm so proud of you. And so to notice that it feels selfish, it can feel selfish, but the people around us aren't seeing it as selfish. No, it's so necessary. Right. Yeah. So I think the question for our listeners is how can you create some space in your life this week or today? And what? would be the most beautiful thing that you could do with that space. Mm. And maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's just being and sitting in stillness, but that's for you to decide. But where can you create some space? What needs to come off your plate? How can you get some support or ask someone to give you that space? And then what would be the most beautiful, kind, compassionate use of that space? Oh, yes, please. Yeah, and we would love to hear your response in on our instagram yeah it's at you are infinitely loved yeah how very original at you are infinitely loved (laughs) you're never gonna find this (laughs) (laughs) and Lindsay and i are actually going to be speaking about self-love with creatives and entrepreneurs in seattle how exciting yeah at the journey 19 a gathering on April 19th to 20, 21st in so Seattle. Cool. Yeah. And uh, we would love to meet. Yeah, Seattle peeps. Get yeah. on get on the Instagram totally. and, and hit them up. You can have a, you know, meet up with them in person. Yeah, and you can. Uh, <laughs> famous Lindsay and Chris Brown. Yes. <laughs> and you can look up uh, the website. The event. At yeah. worththejourney.com slash journey19. I love it. I wish I was there with you guys. Oh, we do too. Congratulations. And thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode of You Are Infinitely Loved. Thanks, everyone. Before we let you go, we want to tell you about some exciting news for the You Are Infinitely Loved team. This summer, we will be holding some in-person events in Portland, Oregon. So if this is something that interests you, please come on over to our website at www.youareinfinitelyloved.com and sign up to our newsletter because we will be releasing all of the details very soon. We really hope to see you in person. That website again is www.youareinfinitelyloved.com. Thanks so much for listening to this episode.